This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com <clears throat> Okay, Bruchem welcome everyone. Parshas Vayigash. Tonight's shir is sponsored by Rabbi Yaakov Danziger, Lila Nishmas, his mother's first yard site, Troila Bas Yehuda. And uh, I got a message that she was affectionately known as Moratova. And then I dawned on me, Moratova? She was my Moro when I was four years old. And I remember her very, very fondly um, as a very, very caring Moro. In fact, when I was a little kid, I had, uh, had a very bad headaches. And she, I remember her very clearly and very affectionately. So, you know, what goes around comes around. I see in the audience here also people who has uh, children who had her. So, Nisham Shavna Aliyah, Shubhiyam Mansuri Shara, for her Mishpacha, Adbiyas Gal Tzedak. And also sponsored by our dear friend Rev. Isaac Yasolovsky, um, in honor of his son, whose name is Yosef Yehuda. And those two names are going to be uh, the key names in tonight's share. So, Rev. Isaac and his wife. They should be zoicha legadla their son l'taril chobel masim toyim. They should see a lot of nachas from him. They should grow up to be uh, nachas to klal yisrael and takalish baruchu and a big tamuchacham. Okay, parshas vayigash. Vayigash elav Yehuda says the matters tanchuma. Zeshamar akasov v'sara kinas Ephraim. This is what the pasuk means. The jealousy of Ephraim will be averted. By the way, just want to remind the Olam tomorrow night, Bezos Hashem, there's a special event streaming live on something called Shas Illuminated. It's a special Nittelnacht program at 9.30 p.m. Uh, you could watch that live. So, Parshas Vayigash. The Medrash Tanchuma says that the encounter of Yosef and Yehuda was quite a nuclear, volatile encounter. When Yeshaya said the jealousy of Ephraim will turn away, what he was referring to was Yehuda and Yosef. Because Rav Shmuel Bar Nachman said the name of Rav Yonasan. At the time that Yehuda and Joseph, at the time that Yehuda and Yosef, the time that Judah and Joseph encountered each other, Amru Malachi Asharis, the heavenly angel said, Zelazah, one to the other, Boyu Neyred Lamata, let's check out this show. This is, this is going to be a spectacular show. This is like, you know, I don't know this is some, the, a theater, the, the Super Bowl, some kind of battle of the titans. Why? Let's go down. Venera Sharvaari Misnagchim Zed. Did you ever see a lion and a bull fight? You ever see a lion and a bull at each other? By the way, you would think. You would think that who would win between a lion and a bull? I think most people would say the lion. But it's not necessarily the case. It's not that I actually did research on this today. And there is footage of either in theaters in, uh, you know, in Spain or, or in the wild. And the bull, the bull is a very powerful uh, creature. In fact, a bull could take on four lions. So it's not part of the Malachi Ashurs are very interested in this in this encounter. Says the Medrash Benoyik Shabaulam Shar Mesyar Mneari. Now the Medrash says uh, whatever they want to spin, the ox is afraid of the lion. And now would you check it out? The ox and the lion are goring each other, and the jealousy between the ox and the lion will remain until the day that Mashiach comes. So this encounter between Yehuda and Yosef is the encounter of the ox and the lion. And what was very interesting to me is why in the world are Malachi Hashari's heavenly angels interested in the battle of the ox and the lion? What exactly is uh, so interesting? If you're an angel, if I raise your hand if you're a heavenly angel, so we have a few over here, that you would think you'd be interested in what's going on in the Himmel, you know, what's going on in the Olamos and the Sphirois, to, to go watch a football uh, battle, to go watch uh, an ox and a lion in some theater goring each other, you wouldn't think it would occupy the interests of the heavenly angels. And yet the angel says, let us go down and see this battle between the ox and the lion. And Bezos Hashem, Hashem uh, gave me Matana Toiva, perhaps to explain what do Chazal mean, this great battle between the ox and the lion. You're talking about the, the encounter in Egypt. 
of Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef, Vayigash, they love Yehuda. Because Yehuda is compared to the lion, Gor Arya Yehuda. And Yosef is compared to the Shar. Where is Yosef compared to the Shar? Bechar Shairahai Now, the Medrash tells us in the words, Vayigash, they love Yehuda. The Medrash says a Pasuk in Tehillim, Kihine hamalachim nayadu. For behold, the kings meet avru yachtav, and they are angry together. That this encounter between Judah and Joseph, between Judah and Yosef, is the encounter of two mighty kings, two monarchs. Kihine hamalachim ze Yehuda v'Yosef. They get, Avru Yachtav, by the way, when do we say Kihine Hamalachim Avru Yachtav? Noyadu, Avru Yachtav. Does that sound familiar, Rabbi? Say Kihine Hamalachim Noyadu, Avru Yachtav, when? Shir Shalyam. Which day? Monday. Monday. Kihine Hamalachim Noyadu. I'm saying they karach mizmar, yeah? Kihine Hamalachim Noyadu, this refers to the meaning of Yudan Yosef. They pass together, it means they're both angry at each other, at each other's throats. Heimarahu kein tamahu. They see, they wonder, like the Pasuk says, the brothers were wondering, what's going on over here? Nivhalu nechbazu. They're bewildered. They're shaking. Like the Pasuk says, so the brothers are watching these two heavyweights go at each other, Yehuda and Yosef, two great malachim, and they're tittering, they're shaking, they're shivering. They are gripped with terror. Elu hashvatim, amru malachim, amru. The shvatim said, malachim and elu melu. The kings are fighting with each other. Anu ma'ichvalanu. We have no business here. Yoi lemelch, medayin lemelch. Let one king knock it out with the other king. So the shvatim were staying. We're out of this. <laughs> we're, they're, 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 they're the heavyweights. We're mere regular citizens. We are not kings. But let Yehuda and Yosef, the two kings, let them at each other. Veruach lo yavoy b'neim ilu ashvatim. The shvatim say we cannot go in between them. Let these two kings fight it out. In fact, the Balaturim points out on the words, Vayigash elahav Yehuda. Isoyfei tevois shave. Equal. That the two people standing here were equals. Yehuda and Yosef. How are they equals? Yosef's a melech. Yehuda's also a melech. There are two kings. When else in history do we have two kings standing at each other? And by the way, the Medrash Tanchuma says at the end of Parshas Vayeshev, that when Yosef said that um, the one who has the gaviyah, he's going to die, and everyone else is going to be in Eved, Yehuda let out a roar and there was an earthquake in Mitzrayim and it registered like 9.57 on the Richter scale and people's teeth fell out and the pillars of Egypt shook. Yehuda gave the, the mighty roar of a lion and now he's standing in front of Yosef. And you could imagine a lion who's hungry, who hasn't eaten in months and a bull who's uh, in season and he's, uh, his juices are going. The lion and the bull, that's a ferocious uh, battle. Between the two kings, the lion is the king of the Chayos, the Shar is the king of the Behemos, and Chazal say this battle of Yehuda and Yosef was the Kihine Hamalachim Noyadu. Two kings have met up. Now, what do Chazal see in the words, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, that there are two kings over here? Where do we see anything about kings in this Pasuk, Vayigash Elav Yehuda? Do we see Yehuda as a king? I know the, the Balaturim says the soyfei tevois of Ayigash Elav Yehuda Shaveh. But how do we see anything about Melachim over here? How do we see anything about royalty? So Rav Shlomo Kluger has a very interesting uh, take on this Pasuk. Chazal see a clue in the word Vayigash. What does the word Vayigash mean? He came close. Now, he approached. Would you say he approached, if two people are standing and already talking to each other, would you say, and one approached the other? The whole time, Yehuda and Yosef were talking. 
They, they were in the same room. They were arguing. Yosef said, uh, I'm going to kill one of you guys and the other is going to be an Evid. And Yehuda said, not, not a chance. Yehuda was roaring. Yehuda came close. So, where, where he come from? He flew in from, uh, some, from out of town. He's been in the same room for the last 10 days or for the last little while. So what does it mean by Yigash? We find Hagasha when you're coming close to something that you are far from. Umoshe nigash elho arafel. However, says of Shlomo Kluger, if let's say you have two people, and one of them is on, in, a great, in a great position of power, and the other one is an ordinary person, they're not approaching each other. Because the great person is on a high pedestal, and the lower person is distant, not in space, but in level. So Yosef is a melech. But Yehuda is very far from Yosef, because Yosef is the king of the world, and Yehuda is a regular... He's a guy, he's a regular man. So Yehuda was far, not in distance, in space from, Yehuda, from Yosef, but in Madriga, as in stature. Especially in light of the fact that if you remember, Yehuda was, in a way, the leader of the brothers. And he's the one who, when the brothers wanted to kill Yosef, he said, Ma what, what, what are we going to get from it? And then they sold Yosef. And then when they saw their father's distress and their father's pain, they said to Yehuda, what kind of crazy advice did you give us to throw Yosef into the pit and to sell him? You should have told us to bring him back to dad. If you would have told us, we would have listened to you. Yehuda, we had enough of your leadership. We're done with you. Vayered Yehuda They demoted Yehuda. Says Rav Shalom that means Yehuda used to be the Melech of the Shvatim and he was demoted. He lost his royalty. He was no longer the Melech. So until this point in time, Yosef was the Melech and Yehuda was a regular person. He was demoted. But now the brothers see that there's nothing they could do to influence Yosef, that there's nothing they could do to free Binyamin. They need the leadership of Yehuda again. So they got together and they were Mamlech Yehuda. They made Yehuda the king. Vayiga Sheilov Yehuda, Yehuda now approaches Yosef in Madriga, by in stature. Now he's also a Melech. Now he's Shove, like the Balaturim says. He's Vayiga Sheilov Yehuda, Shin Vav Hey. He's elevated in stature. He's raised to the Madriga of Melech. That's Vayiga Sheilov Yehuda. Furthermore, says Rabbi Shlomo Kluger, the brothers were very worried. They were very angry. The last time the brothers were angry, they wiped out the city of Shechem. That's like two people getting angry and wiping out, you know, Los Angeles. You know, it's not like, you know, going... It was, a, it was a major metropolitan area. And the brothers got angry and they wiped out... By the way, Chazal say when Yehuda got angry, two hairs from his chest popped out of his heart, tore his garment. He would then take copper bullets out of his belt and sharpen his teeth... And then you know, watch out. That's what the Medrash Tanchuma says. Yehuda was a ferocious lion. He had the gvur of, of, of a lion. When Yehuda roared, the city shook. The brothers' plan was to wipe out the country of Egypt. To go into the biggest country in the world and ten men just annihilate the entire country. But the brothers weren't sure, is this what God wants? Maybe they were, they were acting rash. The last time they did that, Yaakov said... Uh, you know, you, you, you defiled my reputation. So the brothers said, uh, this might not be a good idea to let the, our anger get the best of us. We need to put ourselves completely into the hands of Hashem. Who in this world is a complete puppet of God? The president, a king, Lev Melachim, Biyad Hashem. So let's make Yehuda king. We'll all go under his sovereignty will then be rendered God's complete puppets, and we'll, this way we'll be sure whatever God wants us to do, that will be done. In other words, is there anyone in the world today that is doing what, exactly what God wants? The world leaders are, are pawns in the hands of Hashem more than anybody else. Other human beings maintain a, a semblance of free choice. World leaders have no free choice. They're just puppets in the hand of God. So they figured, let's be Mamlech Yehuda and put ourselves under His sovereignty even though, as we pointed out, Yehuda was demoted, says Rabbi Shlomo Klug, by the way, Rabbi Ephraim, 
one of the Rishonim say, he wasn't really demoted. Vayered Yehuda just means that he had, a, he had a little bit of a downfall because Nebuch, his sons, died. But Rav Shomel Kluger says, no, literally, Yehuda was demoted. He was no longer the king. And the brothers came and they appointed Yehuda as the Melech. He was now Shavet to Yosef. Hence the Medrash com- comments, Hine Melachim Noyadu, the meeting of the two world monarchs, Yosef Melech Mitzrayim, Yehuda Melech Hashvatim. Now, comes the holy Ben Lashri. Ah, oh, the Ben Lashri. Now, you don't know who the Ben Lashri is? This is a good opportunity. We started a few weeks ago putting out a weekly Parsha sheet on the Ben Lashri. If anybody wants to get involved in this, please let... Bye. Nice to speak to you. But... Um, the Ben Lashri was called the Tzadik Ranana. He was a resident of the, of the city of Sochachov. He was a chavrus of my great-grandfather. He survived the Holocaust. And uh, Nebuch, he was not able to have children because of the horrors of the Holocaust. And he wrote a sefer Ben Lashri. And he promises anybody who says over his Devei Torah, he will be mispalo for them and bail them out of any tzara. So, when you go home, Shabbos, say over Devei Torah from him. He... Uh, he has very interesting and uh, remarkable haftachas of saying over his Divrei Torah. So we actually have, if you're on the email list, every week now we're putting out selected Divrei Torah from the Tzadik of Ranana, the Ben La'ashri. Sefer is it available? Not really. Uh, is it available? There are two, there are, right now it's not available, and two, co- two more copies are coming into the United States of America. But we're working on collecting the pieces of the Ben La'ashri and making it available to the Tzibor. But listen to this. He says as follows. Any Sfardim here? Yeah, Baruch Hashem. We have, by the way, the Sfardim are, the, are, from, are from the family of King David who were exiled to Spain. That's what's a Pasuk and Nevi'im. So anyway, the Sfardim in their Siddur, by the Yud Kevavke, by the letter He, what does it say in the Sfardic Siddurim by the letter He? Remember? It says Aleph Dalet Nun Yud in the He. In most Sfardi Siddharim. Why? Because the Kabbalah teaches us, the Zayar says, that the final hay of God's name is the Sphira of Malchus. Malchus, royalty, God's royalty, which is represented by Aleph Dalet Nunyad. So we have these two character figures here, great Sadiq Eoylam. We have Yosef HaTzadik and Yehuda. Yosef, because of his act of sanctifying God privately, God added something to Yosef. What did he add? Edus bi Yosef samayel Yosef got what letter? Hey. So now he has a yud, and he has a hey, and he has a vav. What's he missing? He's, he's missing last hey. So what doesn't he have? Malchus. He's missing the aleph dal nun yud. Yehuda, on the other hand, he got it all. He has the yud. He has the hey. He has the Vav, he has Yod Kei, Vav Kei, plus the Dalit to spare. We'll even talk about that Dalit. So Yehuda has Malchus. So Yehuda and Yosef, even if they don't realize it, but the, the Baruch HaKodesh, they're communicating with each other. Yosef says, I'm a Melech. Yehuda says, nice try. Be Adoni, in me is the Midah of Malchus, Aleph Dalit Nun Yod, in my final He. So Yosef has Yod Hey Vav. And Yehuda has Yod Kei Vav Kei, that means Bi Adoni, he has the Aleph Dalet Nun Yod in the final Hay. Furthermore, says the Tzadik Ranana, who remembers there was a major machloikis between the brothers and Yosef. By the way, Lekavit Rabbi Isaac, I, I thought of a very interesting idea. You have these two names, Yehuda and Yosef. What's the gematria of Yaakov? One eighty-two. One eighty-two is how many times you have K No, seven times, right? Yaakov is seven times you have Yaakov gave away his you have to his children. He gave one to Yehuda, and Yosef is six times you have So I want to say the seven you have of Yaakov. One went to. Uh, Yehuda and six went to Yosef. Yosef is six times Yud Kei Vav Kei, and Yehuda is one Yud Kei Vav Kei. So maybe that's how his 
divide it up. So if you have both, you're mitzarif, all of them of Yaakov Avinu. Okay, be it as it may, the brothers and Yosef had a very big machlekes. Uh, uh, you know what Yosef says? Yosef says, you guys are making a big mistake. You think you're Jews? We're only Jews l'chumra, not l'kula. You can't take the kula of being a Jew, you can only take the chumra of being a Jew. Because the brothers shechted animals, and the animals were still flopping around, and the brothers were eating from them. Because once you shecht a behima, a Jew could eat from that behima, even if it's flopping around. A guy, you have to wait till the animal's dead. So Yosef says, you, you can't consider yourself a Jew l'kula, only l'chumra. And the brothers said, we're full-fledged Yedin. That's the famous uh, approach of the Parshas Drachim. The Machloik is between Yehuda and the brothers. Now, who is the halacha like? Yachid v'rabim, but not so pashat. There's an amazing Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara says in number 10, Amar Rava, lo'y meshkachas tzurba meirabonon demoiri elo da'asi mishevet levi o'y mishevet yisachar. You will never find a, pa- a paisek unless he comes from shevet levi or shevet yisachar. Levi, it says, yoyru mishpotecha liyakov. Yisachar, it says, uvnei yisachar yoyde binol itim ladas mayas yisrael. Gemara, what do you mean? What about Yehuda? Yehuda mechaykeki. Yehuda, my lawgiver, says the Gemara. No, Yehuda not. Yehuda can't paskin, because we're talking about Yehuda could learn. He could give shear. He can't paskin. We're talking about asuke shmeitz aliba dehilchasa. To paskin, you need to be a levi or a yisachari. Got that? Okay. Says the Holy Gemara in Sanhedrin, Doyeg Hua Doimi got Shaul all jealous. He said about David, David Vashemimoi, God is with him. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? God is with him? Halacha Kemoisai Bechal Makkah. We always paskin like David. You hear that? We always paskin like King David. Right, Ira? That's what? I suppose so. Yeah, you knew that. We always paskin like David. So the Marsha asks, the Gemara says that to Paskin you need to be from Shevet Levi or Shevet Yisachar, and yet the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that the halacha is, is ke David Amelech, halacha kamaisim says the Marsha, Melech Shani. If you're a king, you could also establish the halacha. So Yosef says the Tzadik uh, Miranana. You know why he would tell the brother about his dreams? What's Yosef doing? Every time he tells a dream, the brothers want to, want to kill him, want to slit his throat, throw him to the, to the snakes. That's when they're in a good... That's, they're having rachmanus on him by, by throwing him to the snakes. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to shecht him, literally. They pask in the Yitzchayim Misa. Why is Yosef still telling the brothers his dreams? Because Yosef held in halacha that they're only a Jew... L'chumra, not l'kula. And the brother said, no, we argue on you. We have the poiskim on our side. Yosef said, which poiskim? They said, Levi and Yisachar, on our, on, our, our, on our side. The poiskim are on our side, Levi and Yisachar. So Yosef says, excuse me, I'm a melech. They said, what are you talking about, a melech? They said, listen to my dreams. In my dreams, all you guys bow down to me and I'm wearing the crown. They said, what? Yosef told the brothers about his dreams because he needed to be kaiveya the halacha like him because he's a melech. I don't care if you have Levi, you could have Yisachar, you could have uh, the Bezana God of Yishalayim. I'm a melech. Halacha is like the melech. Oh, says the Tzagar of Ranana and Rabbi Yitz, they both want to say, that's why Yehuda is saying, you know, Anshildik mir Yosef melech. I'm the Melech over here. You're a Melech of Goyim. I'm a Melech over Yisrael. Halacha Kamoisi. That's what the Marshal says. The Marshal says, a regular person, you have to be from Levi and Yisachar. But Melech Shani, that's the Marshal. No, Yehuda can't paskin, the Gemara says. Oh, no, not Yehuda, the, the person. Shevet Yehuda. The Gemara asks, the Ema Yehuda, why not someone from Shevet Yehuda? Because Shevet Yehuda are lawgivers. And the answer is, Shevet Yehuda is not good enough. But Eina Rabbi Yehuda, <laughs> um, 
the, to the Baal of Tamar, you know, and the, the man Yehuda, the Halacha Kamaisai. So, so, what? So, Yudah says, you're not a, um, a biadoini. The Midah of Malchus is in me. And furthermore, there's an interesting sefer of. There's a, an interesting sefer of the pre Chaim, Rav Chaim Yaakov Safran. He says they hated Yosef about Al Chaloi Moisav Vial Devarav on his dreams and on his words. His dreams, they hated him that he's a Melech. And based on the fact that he said he's a Melech, Al Devarav is, he said, Halacha Kamaisi. So interesting. You have these two all time Gedoile Oilam, great luminaries. We can't even describe their greatness. We have two Malachim. Yosef always maintained, I'm a Melech, Halacha Kamaisi, like the Shita of the Marsha. But Yehuda says, no, Bi Adoini, I have the final hey. Yehuda says, Bi Adoini, I'm the Melech, and therefore the Halacha is like me. And how does the Gemara, how does the Medrash describe this battle? If you look at number 14, the Medrash Tanchuma says, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, Layish Gibar, the Behema, the lion is the mightiest of animals, will not turn back from anybody. And the, Gemara, the Medrash says, there's a story about Rabbi Hanin ben Doisa saw a lion, and he said, hey, you weakling, didn't the Navi say you don't belong in Israel? And the lion ran away, and Rabbi Hanin ben Doisa started running after and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I can't call you weakling. The Torah calls the Ari very mighty, I cannot call you a weakling. Says the Medrash, there's only one animal who's more powerful than the Ari, and that is more powerful than the Shar, and that is the Ari. And in this case, even though the Ari is more powerful than the Shar, nevertheless, the Shar held his own. Yosef HaTzadik held his own, and he was sort of, uh, was able to do battle with this great lion. Marvara Boisai, you ready for this Remez? You're going to be happy for the rest of the week when you hear this Remez. Ready for this? Rabbi Yitzhak, this is Mamash, an amazing remez. You have, you have the lion, that's Yehuda, and you have the ox, that's Yosef. You have two kings, the Ari and the Shar. The first four words of the Pasuk, Vayigash, Elav, Yehuda, Vayoymer, Soifei Tevois, Hashar, the ox. Followed by, Adoini, Yedaber, Na, Soifei Tevois, Ari. It's Mamish Marumas in the Pasuk. The ox and the lion are Marumas in the Pasuk. Or, as the Eshkol HaKoifer says it, Vayigash Elov Yehuda, Vayoymer Bi Adoini, Yedaber, Na, Shoyer, Vayigash Elov Yehuda, and then followed by Ariyeh. So, it's not just two monarchs, but the king of the Chaya, Chayos, the king of the Behemois, Represented by Yehuda and Yosef, they are battling it out. Marvar Abaisai, so I, this was um, definitely troubling me. You have an extra hayden, the shire doesn't belong there, no? Shire well, is shim, the hay. So either hashar or we'll put the hay with the ariyah, make it ariyah. The hay will be supplied with ariyah to make it ariyah. Now listen to this. So I was thinking, okay, very nice. Yehuda is an uh, um, allegorical representation of a lion, and Yosef is the representation of the Shar, and they're two Malachim. But on a deeper level, what exactly were they fighting about? What is this, what is this battle? Firstly, Yehuda didn't even know it was Yosef. But apparently, if Chazal are describing this encounter, that means Chazal recognize this is an epic battle if they didn't realize, but the Torah realizes. What exactly is the battle of the Shar and the Aryeh? And then it dawned on me. We've said many times from the Shla Kadosh, why did the brothers sell Yosef? I mean, we're talking about all-time great Gedolei Oilam. Can you imagine if the Mayetzes Gedolei HaTorah, they got together and they convened and they decided that one of the oldest members of the Mayatzes, they're going to sell them to, to, on the black market. I mean, they were talking about even greater tzaddikim. So how could they do such a thing? So the Shla HaKadosh famously says that when they heard that Yosef had illusory, uh, illusory dreams of grandeur and that Yosef wants to be the Melech, 
they consider this a challenge on Yehuda and Malchus Beis David. And anyone who starts up with Malchus Beis David, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, is like starting up with the Shechina. Why is that? And by the way, that's the reason why they put Hashem in Cherem if Hashem would reveal anything. How can they put Hashem in Cherem? Because they paskind, Yosef was contravening the will of God. He was, he was diminishing the honor of God. Yehud, Malchus rests in the hands of Yehuda. Anyone who starts, off with Malchus, starts up with Malchus Yehuda is starting up with Malchus Shamayim. And therefore they put the Shechina in Cherem because call HaChoylek HaMalchus Beistavr Kehulchoylek Al HaShechina. <clears throat> and the Shlach Kaddish explains that it was not Yosef's intention to usurp Malucha. He was merely what we call Yosef's Midah, the Midah of Yesoid. He consolidates the Jewish people. He creates a foundation for the Jewish people. He galvanizes us. He forges us to be a nation upon which Yehuda could reign. Throughout history, first Yosef and then Yehuda. First Shaul, bar is the Lashon of She'ela. He borrows Royalty, and then he gives it over to David. First Mashiach ben Yosef, he'll consolidate us, then Mashiach ben David. So they made a mistake. Yosef had no intentions of really being a melech, but they said, You can't be a melech, you can't start up with Malchus Beis David. Why is anyone who starts up with Malchus Beis David like starting up with the Shechina? So the idea is, the royalty and the majesty of God is reflected through the Malchus of David. Because we can't fully grasp Hashem's greatness. God's throne, so to speak, is Malchus based David. When David sits on his throne, that's a reflection of Malchus Shamayim. That is why the Shlach says the name Yehuda has Yudkei Vavkei plus the letter Dalet. The letter Dalet reflects as follows. God's throne has four legs, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But so long as David is not there, the throne is wobbly, because a three-legged chair cannot stand. The fourth leg of God's throne is King David, David HaMelech. That's why when Yehuda was born, it says, Vata Amoid Milades, Alashna Amida. Yehuda gives stability to God's throne. When David HaMelech sits on the throne of God, uh, of the throne of Yushalayim, that reflects the glory of God and the Kisei HaKavayit. David sitting on his throne is the fourth leg of God's Kisei. It reflects God's Malchus. Right? When we enter Eretz Yisrael, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, we appoint a Melech, we destroy Amalek, and we build the Beis HaMikdash. With David on his throne, it reflects the Malchus Shamayim. And then, it occurred to me, if the throne of David is a reflection of the Kisei HaKavayit, there's no wonder then that the image that represents David and Yehuda is on the Kisei HaKavayit. What image is that? The lion. The lion. The Ari is on the Kisei HaKavayit. As David and Yehuda represent the Ari, that's a reflection of the Kisei HaKavayit. But Yosef says not so fast. You think you're the only image on the Kisei HaKavayit? There's another image on the Kisei HaKavayit. You know what else is on the Kisei HaKavayit? The Shar. The Shar. There are four images on the Kisei HaKavayit. Ari, Shar, Nesher, and an Adam who looks like Yaakov. Wait a second, but doesn't, didn't Rabbi Shashim Rashtopoli say Ari, Nesher, Kruv, Yaakov, Cherub? The Shar was changed into a Cherub later in history. But the original image on the Kisei HaKavah, the Gemara says, was, so Yehuda is coming to the forefront. He says, I'm a Melech. Malchus rests in my hand. They say, well, what do you mean you're a Melech? I reflect Malchus Shemayim. They say, how do you reflect Malchus Shemayim? I'm the fourth leg of the Kisei HaKavah. My representation, my image is on the Kisei HaKavah. I'm the Ari. Yosef says, I'm the Shar. Well, why are you any better than me? I also reflect the, the glory of God. I also reflect Malchus Shemayim. The battle, we would like to suggest, of the Ari and the Shar, is who can better reflect the glory of the Melech Malchi Amlachim and his Kisei HaKavah more. Is it the Ari or is it the Shar? By the way, the Ari is Midas HaChesed on the right side of the Kisei HaKavah. The Shar is Midas HaGvura on the left side of the Kisei HaKavah. That's the, the deeper meaning of the battle between Yosef and Yehuda. And I found this idea after it occurred to me in one line in a Sefer Eshkel HaKoifer of Rabshmo Yitzchak Reich. I'm not sure who that is. 
By the way, even the Shvatim, when they encamped, Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulan, their Degel, what was on their Degel? A lion! And Ephraim and Menashe, what was on their Degel? A shar! They both reflected the Kisei HaKavay, but who's more? The chair has four legs, you said. The, the, chair, legs the chair has four legs. Same way. So, but the fourth leg is Yehuda. Yehuda is saying, I'm the fourth leg. Yehuda sa- but Yosef says, I have rights to Malucha as well. I'm the Shah. I also reflect the Malchus Shemayim. And in that sense, I also have Malchus. By the way, the whole Machlaikis Yehuda and Binyamin is over which individual? Binyamin. Binyamin. Why Binyamin? Because we're, when David's throne, when David sits on his throne and reflects the Malchus Shamayim, he reflects God's sovereignty, we're in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, where is the Beis HaMikdash built? Shevet. Who is the host of the Mikdash? Binyamin. Now, Binyamin is closer to who? With Shevet. It borders Yehuda. It's not too far from the Nash Ephraim. So the Masay Avais, it's suggested in the Sefer. Shemen Hamar, number 19. The Masay Avais, Simen Labanim, of Yosef and uh, Yehuda fighting over Binyamin, is each one of them wanted to make a claim to be the neighbor of the Mikdash, to be closer to Binyamin. Yehuda says, Binyamin, bring him over here. Don't touch Binyamin. I need Binyamin. Binyamin has to stand next to me. Yosef says, no, he has to stand next to me. I want to be near the Mikdash. I want Malchus. Malchus is the way to promote Malchus Shamayim, which was residing in the Makayim HaMikdash. This was not just a battle of regular Malachim. This was a, a battle who can better reflect the Malchus Shamayim, the Kisei HaKavod? Is it the Shar or the Ari? Now I want to share with you something I, I never mentioned. There's a big kasha in Rabbi Yonison Ibishitz. How in the world could a lion be on the Kisei HaKavod? It's not a kosher animal. We'll deal with the Nesher a different time. <laughs> but what about the lion? So Rabbi Yonason Ibishit says, Be'etzim a lion is kosher. It's only because it eats. It's a predator, so what it eats is not kosher. That renders it not kosher. My friend Rabbi Yaakov Klein, who's writing a sefer on the writings of the Satmar Rebbe, called Or Mufla, he once sent me, the Satmar Rebbe in Parshas Noyach says, that Noyach brought karbonois from the animals that are destined to be kosher. What do you mean the animals that are destined to be kosher? The animals, they're kosher animals, they're treif animals. No, the lion. The lion is destined to be kosher. Why? Because the only reason the lion's not kosher is because it's a predator. But in the end of days, the lion will stop being a predator. And then the lion will be kosher. So the lion could be on the Kisei HaKavay because it's destined to be kosher. What about the ox? It's very interesting. The Gemara says, the Nevi'im prayed, God, we don't want you to put an ox on your Kisei HaKavod. You'll never forget about the Chedo Egel. By the way, you know why Yosef had a very big argument that he should be a Melech? I want to say, uh, the Kuzari writes, why, why do you think the Jewish people, when they wanted to make an intermediary between them and God, in the guise of an Egel, why do you think they made a Shar? Because they said, if we need an image of God, so the best place to look is God's house, the Kisei HaKavod. You're not going to make a lion, it's not kosher. We're not going to make a nesher, it's not kosher. We're not going to make an adam, that's like too pagan. The shar is the one kosher image on the Kisei HaKavod. So Yosef is saying, there, there's basis that, that my representation is more reflective of Malchus Shemayim perhaps than anybody else. And by the way, ultimately the Navim had to pray and the, the image of the Kisei covered was changed from a shar to a child. And uh, in one of the writings of the Shvila Pinchas, he says to indicate that when you do tshuva, you're like a katan shenoilad dami. That's maybe the symbolism of that. But it's interesting that, that according to what we're suggesting, that the Machloikas, Yehuda, and Yosef was who better reflects the Malchus Shamayim, represented by these images of the Kisei covered. those two images are... 
is somewhat questionable how they could be images on the Kisiyah Kaveh. The lion is not kosher. The shar ultimately changes into a kruv. Very interesting. In the Sefer Divrei Hagois of Rabdoiv Katz, he focuses on this idea that until Mashiach comes, Yehuda and Yosef will be battling it out in terms of who will reflect, who will be the Melech, even though Melucha was given to David, but it was preceded by Shaul. And then Yeravah ben Avad came and he split the Melucha. And even in the times of Mashiach, you can have Mashiach ben Yosef and then Mashiach ben David. But he says there is a fundamental difference between the Mahalach of Malchus Yudah and the Mahalach of Malchus Yosef. Very interesting idea. Yehuda's way of promoting Malchus Shemaim is waging war. David HaMelech was always waging war. He was always annexing. He was always adding territory. He was promoting Malchus Shemaim with brute force. Yosef never used brute force. Yosef is Vikarne Re'im Karnav, the glory of the horn. Through his influence, through his Chachma, the Medrash always refers to the wisdom of Yosef. It's interesting. Yehuda's manner of promoting Malchus Shemayim is war. Yosef's manner is teaching the beauty of the Torah. In the end of days, their roles seem to switch. Because who's going to fight all the wars for the Jewish people before Mashiach? Mashiach ben Yosef. Who's going to establish Torah as the law of the land and promote the knowledge of the Torah? Malchus based David. Says Rav Dov Katz, this is the meaning of the prophecy. The lion will be like a cattle. And the matter says, the lion, Yehuda, will turn into a cattle like Yosef. Meaning in the end of days, they will sort of unite in their mission. By the way, now we understand in this week's Haftarah, we read about the prophecy, take one stick that represents Yehuda and one stick that represents Yosef, and it becomes eitz echad, one eitz. One-eighths, one, one approach. The unity of Yehuda and Yosef will not be able to find coexistence until the great day of Mashiach. There are two types of melucha. They're both needed. They're both powerful. They're opposition to each other. They, don't, they are not united until Mashiach comes. By the way, we could add another chidosh for the names Yosef and Yehuda that the, the Navi says they're going to become eight echad, one eitz. We know that Yosef represents Yud Kevavke, six times Yud Kevavke. Yehuda is one times Yud Kevavke. But the word eitz, I believe, is a very, very beautiful word. You know why? What's the gematria of eitz? 97. Almost. One hundred and sixty, you say, huh? I think so. Watch this. Take a yud, and and do a system of gematria called haka. It's called multiplication. Yud times yud, hundred. Hey times hey, twenty-five. Vav times vav, thirty-six. Hey times hey. Excuse me, I'm, I'm, we're not doing it right. Take two. Make believe we didn't say that. You times, you times hey. Go back in time. Let's, we'll check it out on the live stream. We'll go to the live stream because it didn't happen yet. You times hey. 50. Hey times yud. 50. That's 100. On the right side, you give is 100. Vav times hey. 30. Hey times vav. 30. 160. Eights. Eitz is the perfect unity of the Yudke Vavke. So in the end of days, you see that? It's called Haka. Yud times Hey, Hey times Yud, and then Vav times Hey, Hey times Vav. So it's 50, 50, 30, 30. That's Eitz. That's the full unity of the Yudke Vavke, of, of the union of Yehuda and Yosef. That's 160. That's on Eitz. That's 160, and it comes out beautiful. Now, I want to just um, suggest one more item, and then we'll wrap it up. How can you compare the Melech Mitzrayim to the Melech Because uh, Yosef wasn't just the Melech Mitzrayim. Yosef, in a way, was the Melech over the whole world. I mean, he's supporting, he's nourishing the whole world. In fact, the Gemara says that all Jews are considered descendants of Yosef. 
Right? Uh, Jews are not subject to Ayin Hara because we could say we're the descendants of Yosef. The question is, we're not descendants of Yosef. The Chidah says, what do you mean? Yosef fed us. He fed us. He, he supported us. So Yosef is the king of, of everybody. Now, listen to this. I would like to understand that even though the brothers were threatened by Yosef, as the Shalak Hadar says, it was not Yosef's intention whatsoever to usurp Melucha from Yehuda. He was merely doing what Shaul did. He was borrowing Melucha. He was establishing the, the foundation of the Jewish people, galvanizing us, consolidating us, forging us into an Am, so that Yehuda could be the Melech. That's the role of Yosef. Yosef is what we call the Tzinar. He is the foundation stone of the Jewish people. He supports us, he galvanizes us, he consolidates us, he forges us into a people, and then Yehuda comes along. Yosef didn't want to be the Melech, he just wanted to make us into an Am. By the way, the Chida writes that the indication of Shaveh, Soifei Tevois, by Yigash Elav Yehuda, is Yosef is the Midah of Yesoid, and Yehuda is the Midah of Malchus, and Yesoid and Malchus are what we call Zachar and Nekeva. Yesoid is the Midah of Zachar, and Malchus is the Midah of Nekeva, and they are Shaveh, they go together. But, at this moment in time, you have these two great kings standing one next to each other. These two great kings, at this point in time, Yosef is going to say, my time is up, I abdicate, I transfer power. Yosef says, this is going to be a peaceful transfer of power. I'm going to leave my office peacefully. I hand over the reins of Malchus Yisrael to Yehuda. Where do we see that? Interesting thing. Reb Sender is wondering, how come the rabbi didn't quote the Munkacha Rebbe, the current one? So, so I'm going to. What is the main role of Melech Yisrael? What's the role of Jewish king? The Chazoynish writes in the Chelek Beis of his letters, Ois Chavav, and it's also brought in the Sefer Nechamas Aroin, the main job of a Melech Yisrael is to force the people to learn Torah. To coerce the Jewish people to learn. Not, you know, Shaifala, Mamala, Ziskait. You want to come learn Abyssal? Come, we'll give out Ragalach. We'll give out Carlos and Gabby's. If you want to learn, learn. You don't want to learn, don't learn. The job of the king is learn or I'm going to kill you. By the way, that could be very effective. By the way, who says that? The Rambam Paskins. The Rambam writes, how do you know if someone is Mashiach? The Rambam says, if if a king from base David gets up, learns Torah, does mitzvahs, and forces Klal Yisrael to keep the Torah. By the way, Chizkiyo Amelch put a sword in every shul and he said, um, anyone who doesn't learn Torah, I'm going to kill you. So the, we see from here, says the Chazayner, says the Chamas Aaron, says the Rebbein Sion Abishol, the primary role of a Melech is to coerce and force the people to uphold Jewish law and teaching and education. That is the primary job of the Melech. Marvara Boisai. It's no wonder then. Yaakov Avinu, before he comes down to Egypt, Yaakov Avinu knows full well now what's going on over here. He understands the, the dissension between Yosef and the brothers, that the brothers thought Yosef wanted to be the Melech, and Yehuda and Yaakov understood, no, Yehuda has to be the Melech. We're going to learn Parshas Vayechi. The whole Birchas Yaakov was the establishment of Malchus for Yehuda. And therefore, it's very strange. Yaakov sends Yehuda to open what? To open a yeshiva. To open a yeshiva? What do you need Yehuda to open a yeshiva? Levi should open the yeshiva. After all, Paiskim come from Levi. Yisachar should open the yeshiva. Paiskim come from Yisachar. What's, your, what's Yehuda opening the yeshiva? Ask the current Munkat Shereba. What's, what's Yehuda needed to open the yeshiva? Yosef's in Egypt. Let him open the yeshiva. He knows the layout of the land. So the way the Munkacher says it is Yosef is not really a king. He's Mishnah Lamelech. He's Merkeves HaMishnah. He's second to king. But to establish Torah, to 
establish psak, as the Marsha says, Melech Shani, you need a real Melech. And therefore, Yaakov Avinu, Bereiv Chachmasa, he understood that this whole dissension uh, was over the Malchus Yisrael. And this whole encounter of Yo- Yosef and Yehuda was Hine HaMalachim Noyadu. I would suggest that the, the peaceful transfer of power is happening right here. Yosef did his job. He consolidated us, he supported us, and uh, whereupon Yehuda takes over. And what is the act which symbolizes that Yehuda is taking over a Melech? The Es Yehuda, Shalach, Yaakov, Lefanov, Lahoyrois, Lefanov, Goishna. Says Rashi, why did Yaakov send Yehuda? To establish yeshiva, that psak would come from. What do you mean psak? Levi establishes psak. Yisachar establishes psak. No. Melech Shani. The king establishes psak. And at this point in time, after the encounter of Yosef and Yehuda, the Malchus is recognized and is given over peacefully from Yosef to Yehuda. Yosef said, I never had intended to be the real Melech. I just needed to establish the people whereupon Yehuda will take over. He says, Yehuda, the reins are yours. You're going to build the yeshiva. You're going to be Mesach in the base Tam and Shemena Hara. As Torah study is the primary function of the Melech, Lachof es Yisrael And uh, this is the great encounter of of the Shar and the Ari. And I would suggest one last thing, that the Makoim of this reflection of God's Malchus is the Beis HaMikdash. What animal is the Beis HaMikdash called? Hai Ariel. It's the lion, the divine lion. So that represents, even though, yes, there's a dimension of God's Malchus reflected by the Shar, and there's a, a, an element of, uh, reflected by the Ari, but the Beis HaMikdash is primarily known as Okay, we should be zoichet to the full restoration of the Malchus Beis David and the fruition of the Haftoira of this week's parish of Ayigash, of the two Eitzim coming together, Yehuda and Yosef HaTzadik. And once Yosef galvanized us and consolidated us, it was Hoysa Yehuda L'Kachek. Rabbi Yosef, have a great night. Please join us tomorrow evening, 9.30. Shas Illuminated live page. Nittelnacht. If in between, when you move your horse and you're about to move the queen, take a break and you could uh, do a little bit of... Uh, I, was, I, was, I was wondering throughout this whole thing, like, how, how can Yosef be usurping... Uh, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.